You've caught us on the front end of a new teaching series, Rethink When Life Hasn't Turned Out the Way You Planned. And if there was ever a TV show that drove the theme, When Life Hasn't Turned Out the Way You Planned, it was Seinfeld. Um, How many Seinfeld fans in the room? Okay, you're the real Christians. Um, Just kidding. But no, it was the most popular sitcom ever in the history of television. Netflix paid $500 million for the rights to all 180 episodes. The final episode in the final season, season nine, had nearly 80 million people uh, watching the last episode of Seinfeld. And uh, a, a university drama department wanted to figure out why this show had such unprecedented popularity. Why, why, why? So many people just loved and wouldn't miss Seinfeld. And so they did the research, they did the study, and finally they come up with the results that this show, Seinfeld, really was a show about nothing. Yeah. And that uh, the episodes were plotless. It was episode after episode with no overriding Purpose. And so the conclusion, the bottom line of the research was this. Most people in the world live purposeless lives, and so they connect and enjoy plotless programming. What an indictment. But what do you think? I mean, not what do you think about Seinfeld. Do you think that most people on the planet live purposeless lives? Do you think most people are clueless about God's purpose for their lives? But let's make the question more personal. Are you absolutely certain of God's purpose, his dream for your life? Or or then there's the all-important question. If, I mean, if the reason God brought you today if during the next 30 minutes he would reveal to you his dream, his purpose for your life, would you pursue that purpose with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, all your soul, would you? That's a challenging question. We hesitate to give a quick yes because we're afraid if we say yes to God's dream for our lives, if we chase his purpose, we might not to get to do what we want. I want to tell you something. Um, I've done life both ways. I've done life, I would say, to say it as harsh, but as real as possible, rejecting and deserting God's purpose for my life. I was all about David. And I want to tell you, it it was painful in my relationships. It made my finances just meaningless. And emotionally, I was just always on the edge. I became a miserable, angry, self-consumed person. And... um, I believe, at least for me, that life is painfully empty when uh, it has no purpose but me. For the last decades, um, it got so painful that the last decades of my life have been lived centered on God's purpose. And I want to tell you, my marriage with my Debbie is at its best when it is centered on 
on God's purpose. Our finances are at their best when they are centered on God's purpose. Uh, Mentally and emotionally, I'm at my best when I live a life centered on God's purpose for my life. And so I found that the opposite of living for myself, living for God's purpose is the greatest way to do life. That at least for me, my best life My best life, my life is best when it is centered on God's purpose for who I am. So how do you figure it out? How is it revealed to you? How does it unfold? How do you come to know God's dream, God's purpose for your life? Well, it's not a mystery. The Apostle Paul in Romans 12 just says you you gotta stop and rethink. Stop, David, thinking about yourself. Think about God's purpose. And he gives us easy steps to go through. Maybe I should say, they're easy to understand. We have to completely give up our old way of thinking, sacrifice ourselves in order to embrace the possibility of knowing and living God's dream, his purpose for our lives. So back to Romans 12, the rethink wisdom of God, beginning with verse three, the word of God reads, be honest That's where it starts. You gotta be honest in your assessment, your estimate of yourself, measuring your value by how much blank. What would you put in the blank? I mean, if you were gut level honest about your life, what is it that you think makes your life valuable? Is it the size of your bank account? Is is it the amount of your education? Do you gain your value by how much um, your house is worth? Is your value wrapped up in how much your spouse loves you or your children respect you? Where do you find true value in life? How would you fill in the blank? Well, here's how God fills in the blank. Be honest in your estimate of yourself, measuring your value by how much, not money, not education, not success, not family, how much faith. God has given you. It starts there with how much faith God has given you. So if um, our faith, if the odds of me knowing God's dream for my life, if the odds go up as my faith goes up, how do I get more faith? And if God is the source of the faith, how is it that he would, how, how could he dispense more faith for my life to give me more value and to live his dream? Well, here's what scripture says. Again, in the book of Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 17, scripture says, faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news of Christ. And so part of your being here on the weekend, in fact, this this is a good reason why you say, you know what? I'm gonna arrange my life. I'm gonna shape my life around being in worship every weekend, every weekend, every weekend without fail because here you hear the, Word of Christ proclaimed to you. And so every weekend you're here for the preaching because in the preaching you you learn to understand, experience, and begin to live God's purpose, God's dream for your life. But it doesn't stop there. That's why we provide these study guides that you go through them each day of the week. Personally, I speak the word of Christ over my life every day, over my marriage, over my finances, over my emotions. Just as you listen to me preach on the weekend, I listen to preachers every day of the week. Why? Because I want to live God's dream for my life. I want to live his purpose, and his purpose comes 
to the value of my faith and my faith grows on the basis of hearing the word of Christ. You see, as your faith value increases, God increasingly reveals his purpose, his dream for your life. I mean, here was the unbreakable, unshakable promise of Jesus. I mean, he looked right in the guy's eye when he said it. I, I wish you could sense him present here, right here, right now, looking you in the eye, going heart to heart with you. And Jesus saying to you, you become what you believe. You become what you believe. You become what you believe. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of Christ. And it's our faith by which God reveals to us his dream, his purpose for our lives. That's the first step. That's where it begins. The second is this. When life doesn't go as you planned, rethink your passion for true meaning in life. I mean, we all have a passion for something and we think, we think it to ourselves that that thing, um, that activity, our work, our home, um, our leisure activities, that if we just do that, go on this vacation, make this amount of money, that, that our life will have meaning. If we just do these good deeds, if we just help this number of people, our life will have meaning. True meaning takes passion so that all of your heart is aimed. I mean, you get up out of bed passionate about doing the behaviors that are going to bring true meaning to your life. And here's how Paul continues to write it in Romans 12. He writes this way. We are like the various parts of the human body. We all have bodies and our bodies have parts and our parts, our fingers, our hands, our arms, our heart, it all has meaning based on its connection to the whole body. He's using that as an illustration to help us, me, you, understand our place in the church of Jesus. We are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning when the, from the body as a whole. Then he goes on to say, this is what I'm talking about. The body we're talking about is Christ's body, the church. Each of us, me and you, we find our meaning and function. You see how those two go together? We experience true meaning in life as we do our true function in life as a part of the body of Christ. Each of us finds our meaning and function as part of his body, the church. So let's go ahead and be what we were meant to be because as we are, we are as we do, as we are what we do, we become, we gain meaning in life as we are who God meant us to be. I like to say it this way, serve and find God's purpose in, for your life, God's dream. So here's the deal. I believe you can listen your way into God's dream for your life as you listen to the word of Christ, as you speak the word of Christ aloud over your life, you can listen your way into God's dream for your life. But you must add to that the second part, the second step, and that is you can serve your way. You listen and you serve your way into God's dream for your life. And um, as I was thinking about this text this week, two things came together in my heart 
One was the sermon I was developing, and two was the fact that we were sending a check for $11,500 to Evaldi, Texas, to give to the families of the victims, the 19 children and two teachers whose lives were taken in that horrific shooting. We don't know any of these families personally, but we want them to have a personal experience of the love of Christ from Central Christian Church. And so each of those families will receive a $500 love gift. Now we know there's no way even $500 would salve the suffering that they are enduring. But we want them to know the love of Christ is real. And if one church in an obscure place like Beloit, Wisconsin, would care enough out of love to send these gifts to all of them that they would personally experience the love of Christ for themselves. But, but you know, you guys did that. that. If you're new to our church, that wasn't a check our church wrote. The people sitting around you, they gave that in a love offering a couple of weeks ago. But more than that, another $10,000 from that love offering was designated to keep a Haitian pastor and his family safe here in America. In Haiti, their lives were threatened, threatened with kidnapping, threatened with death. Walter was able to get his wife and children, his teenage girls, out of Haiti. He was able to get out of Haiti. The island, the whole island is a crime zone, which, uh, a crime scene, which breaks our hearts because we love Haiti. We can't save everybody there that's in pain. Friends, we got friends and family there who are hurting, but we could take the one family God put in our path, Walter, his wife, Sony, and their children. And because of your gift, we are right up to track with the government and covering the expenses of their religious worker visa. And he serves here. She and the girls serve here. We love them and we are grateful. Yeah, praise the Lord. You, you see, here, here's the deal. God is good to you. Not on the basis of anything you deserve. He is good to you on the basis of his grace because he loves to be good. Look at the text as it goes on in Romans 12. By his grace, that's God's goodness for you. You don't deserve it. You don't merit it. You're not worthy of it because God is so good. By his grace, God has given us each different gifts for doing certain things well. I have my gifts that I received when I was baptized, gifts of the Holy Spirit, so that I can serve you well. And when you were baptized, when you surrendered your life to Jesus, you were given spiritual gifts, gifts that you can employ well for the sake of the kingdom in God's church. I mean, here we have a whole array, a smorgasbord of opportunities to serve and to use our gifts. This past week, there were people painting one of the rooms of our church. I mean, it's a big, big room the entrance to our Family Life Center. They were painting it inside our building while other people were working on landscaping, beautifying the outside of our building, the islands of our parking lot. So whether they were pulling weeds or they were moving a paintbrush, they were positioning themselves to be on the receiving end of God's dream for their life. Because as that, as that brush or roller puts on the paint, God reveals they are serving. And as they serve, as the weeds are pulled up, as the spot is made beautiful, God whispers over their soul, his dream, his purpose, 
for their lives. Um, on Wednesday morning, we had a team of people here serving the hungry in our community. They come hungry. We give them, I, I believe it's four to seven days of groceries. And this is a tough time for people in need because of inflation and the costs that have risen dramatically. And so we help them out. Wednesday evening, there are people from our church serving our teenagers, our middle school students, and our high school students. Every weekend, while we're in here, there are people in our church who are serving our children in kids' works. We have teams, tech teams, and worship teams, and greeting teams, and I mean, all you gotta do is be able to smile, and you can be on the greeting team and be nice. But we have uh, security teams. We, you know, I could just go on and on and on listing the opportunities to serve. Why? Because if you serve, you find God's dream for your life. His dream may not be pushing a paintbrush or, or using a roller, but his dream is revealed to you as you serve. You see, we are not, as Christians, we are not called to come and sit and sing and listen and leave. We are called to serve. We are called to serve because God has gifted us to serve. You've been gifted gifts. God takes his responsibility very seriously to gift you. You have a special giftedness from God. Now it's your responsibility. God has done his part. He's given you the gifts. Now it's your responsibility to discover the gift, to develop the gift, to deploy the gift. And if you don't lose them, excuse me, if you don't use them, you, yeah, you lose them. Um, I got a call this week. Actually, Eric, the young man that was up here earlier, our executive pastor, he told me that um, there was a lady from a prominent Christian magazine that wanted to interview me um, for an article in their magazine. And she would call at two o'clock in the afternoon. And so I said, I'd, I'd be available. She calls and uh, introduces herself and um, who she's representing. And frankly, it's a magazine probably read mostly by Christian leaders and pastors. And um, she says, I'd like to do a profile on your church. And I said, why? She said, because your church has been identified as one of the top 100 fastest growing churches in America. So I said, have you got the right church? <laughs> Serious. I, I, I said, have you got the right church? She said, is this Central Christian Church in Beloit, Wisconsin? You are Dr. David Clark, the lead pastor? Yeah. And then she went on to tell me the, 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 the organization that did the study, uh, that collected the data, and that identified us as one of the 100 top 100 fastest growing churches in America. And so we did the interview, but I want to tell you why I was completely caught off guard. It's not on my radar to be a part of a fast, the fastest growing church in America. You know what's on my radar all the time, 24 seven? It's challenging you, encouraging you, helping you, equipping you, resourcing you so that you use the gifts God has given you to serve in the body of Christ because that is God's dream and God's purpose for your life. And as you serve him, he reveals more of the dream and more of the purpose. That's what I care about. I care about you. So... 
Paul says, as he writes in Romans, and remember, God is breathing on Paul as he writes this letter to the church in Rome. So profound is the breath of God on Paul that this letter is not just for the church in Rome, it's for the church, central Christian church in this region. Here's what he writes. He writes this way, hey, if we can serve others, we should serve. You are physically able to be here, present, so you are physically able to serve, when I was first in Beloit back in 1981, there was a lady that I would try to visit regularly. Her name was Maud Margerson, and uh, she was confined. Her world was her hospital bed in her home, small home, big bed, and she was in fetal position. Her hands were gnarled, and she could not move. But every week I would go by because she wanted me to give her a list of prayer needs. She wanted to pray for me. She wanted to pray for Central Christian Church. She could serve, so she did serve by praying. My Debbie told me last night we were on our way here in our truck and uh, she was holding the manuscript of my message and she saw the part about the top 100 fastest growing churches and she said, you've got to tell our people about this. Because it's because they serve. It's because they invite their friends and family. It's because they pray for their loved ones. And God is hearing and answering those prayers. And people are saying yes to the, to the invitations. They are serving and God is growing our church as a result to his glory. I feel like I'm in a golf tournament. Okay, here it is. If we can serve others, we should serve. If we can teach, we should teach. And now Paul starts to stick his nose in my business. If you are a preacher, see to it that your sermons are strong and helpful and that you don't talk about the Cubs. If God has, not even God can help the Cubs. If God has given you money, be generous in helping others. If we are leaders, we should do our best. If we are good to others, we should do it cheerfully. Um, so, what you did for those hurting families in Uvalde, you just think, if your heart was broken and out of the blue, some obscure church in an obscure place gave your family a gift, $500. You didn't see it coming, but you need money for gas and for groceries and thank God. And you're helping Walter and Sony and their daughters stay safe here in America and serve this church. Their presence here has nothing to do with anything in our budget as a church. It's all because of the gifts you give generously. But God has put another opportunity on our doorstep. I believe it's a part of his dream and purpose for our church. And I'll explain by telling you the story. About a year ago, summer of 2021, there was a young couple in Ukraine. Lilia, uh, she was the wife, Mihail. Uh, he was the father, excuse me, the, the husband, and he was becoming a father. Lilia was pregnant and they were absolutely delighted. They both had good jobs, great incomes. They had a lovely, beautiful home. And they just thought the, the, their future for our family was super, super bright. But in February, the 24th of this uh, past winter, their whole world got turned upside down when Russian forces attacked the city in which they lived. They lost, in a matter of days, 
It was all gone. The school where Lilia taught first grade, destroyed by Russian missiles. Their house, destroyed by Russian missiles. His workplace, destroyed by Russia. And she's just weeks away from giving birth. They are homeless. They have little money. They have no food, nowhere to go. And she goes into labor. And somehow they do get her to a hospital. It's just that their baby boy, Marie, he is born with severe fetal, under severe fetal distress. So he is in intensive care for over two months. All the stress of all this, living in a war zone with death and danger and terrible destruction all around. Your own family in severe crises. The husband and dad, Mihail, has a heart attack. He lives through it. When he is physically able and the baby is physically able, they all, the three of them run for their lives. They escape into Poland. Now here's, here's the God thing. Years ago, there was a family in our church, the Kingsley family, uh, who now worship at our Janesville campus. But when they were here, they adopted two girls from the Ukraine. I believe they have three adopted children now along with their biological children. But years ago, uh, when they were adopting their girls, they met Mihail and Lilia in Ukraine. They were there again and again and again and again. Well, on the basis of that enduring relationship and their support and encouragement, when the couple, the threesome, mom, dad, and little Marie get to Poland, they are able to apply for sponsorship in the U.S. Their paperwork approved so that Friday, the day before yesterday, they landed at the Milwaukee airport and now are a part of our community. They have nothing except themselves, their babies, and God has given them our church. And we will love them, we will support them, we will encourage them, and we will help them build lives here to know the purpose of God in their lives. Um, They have nothing. I mean, I think they had a little bitty suitcase uh, of stuff. And so that baby, he needs diapers changed on a regular basis. Um, Food for the baby, food for themselves, clothing for themselves, other, all, all those things that babies need, they need. Uh, the Kingsleys are providing them with housing, um, but there's jobs to acquire, uh, transportation to acquire. Um, and, and so what we've developed, and when I say we, I, shouldn't, I should say the smart people on my staff have created like an Amazon registry. You go to our website, centralwire.com, Click the hub, and, you, and I did this, so it, it can be done by someone who is brain dead. And you will see a tab for the Ukraine, Ukrainian refugees, and it has pictures of all the possible things that they need. Whatever you decide that you would like to help them with, if you click on it and pay for it, it goes directly, it is sent directly to the Kinsley home, Kingsley home um, for, for this family. But I think what they need more than anything is our prayers. And so I'd like to pray with you for them right now. If you'd join me, please. Would you stand? Our Father God, we are humbled and honored to be a part of this great church. 
We, we are humbled and honored to be a part of your purpose and dream for Central Christian to help people who are hurting. We pray for those families in Uvalde. Can't imagine, Lord. Please be their comfort. Show them mercy. We thank you for Walter and, and Sony and their girls. Help us to continue to supply all that the government requires to keep them here. And Lord, we pray for Lilia and Mihail and their little Marik, that you would use our church to come around them in love. Lord, we want to show them Jesus because Jesus is more than enough. Jesus will satisfy every need and every gift given will just come back onto the giver with blessing and abundance. We lift them up, Lord, that not just that they would receive what they need for their baby and for themselves, this new life in America, but they would receive the love of Christ, that they would find salvation in Jesus, that they would be gifted in the Holy Spirit as we are gifted in the Holy Spirit, and they would use their gifts to serve others in the body of Christ as they have been served by the body of Christ. Lord, use us to help them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wired Podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.